You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, if you would. Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. As we continue on this theme of running a race, a great race that we're running, Father, we pray you would anoint this time in your word. Lord, thank you for your word, the word of God forever settled in heaven, the word of God, things that are written. It says in Romans 15 verse 4, Francis showed me this verse this morning and I said, I'm already going to share on that verse among other verses. So it's interesting. I said, how, how providential for whatsoever was written before, Romans 15 4, was written for our instruction so that through patience and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now, may the God of patience and encouragement grant you to be like-minded with one another. So, someone said, well, I only read the New Covenant, the New Testament. I don't, what do we need the Old Testament for? Well, all the things that are written in the Tanakh, in the Torah, Navim, Ketubim, the Law, Prophets, and the Writings, all the things that are written, these heroes of faith that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the Hebrews, the, all that we read about in Genesis, and all that we read about in the, these amazing men and women that, that walked with God, that's for our encouragement, that's for our lessons to learn of endurance, of that we can stand, we can make it through, that by learning from what they went through. And so we're missing so much, and, and, the, and we'll gain so much. We're missing so much if we don't read, read them, and we're gaining so much when we do. And, and I know you know that, but I just mentioned that for the minority that say, well, I don't really, what do we need the Old Testament for? The Old Testament is everything for the New Testament. So we have, right, going on right now, the Winter Olympics, as we know, and uh, in Beijing, and it's a conflict. It's a conflict to me. It really is, you know. I mean, I want, I, I love cheering on our, the U.S. team, don't you? I mean, in anything, whenever we compete internationally, I mean, I, we, we, are, we are proud of our country. We're, we're, you know, we're excited. Our athletes put in so much time and effort. Uh, these athletes so much work, and they're, they're so focused. I mean, they do everything to just to represent our country, and, and, you know, you feel so excited when, they, you know, when we accomplish, when we win something, and we win, you know, I mean, when we win gold, I mean, it's exciting. I, I watched a couple uh, that were in the, uh, what was it, the other night, I saw late at night, they were showing it, the uh, figure skating, and this couple, I don't Someone might know their name, but names, but I can't remember. But anyway, they they won gold, and uh, they were amazing. It was amazing. It felt so excited. They were they're just amazing. But it's a conflict because of where it's taking place, isn't it? In Beijing, um, and the human rights conflict, as we know, it's so. You know, do we boycott? Do we do we boycott it over the uh, Uyghur forced labor? internment camps, you know, that's going on. And, and I'm glad our administration is doing something about that, that we aren't, you know, that we are making a statement. And, you know, it's, it's up to individual athletes what they do. And, I, you know, I, I'm no judge. It's not my position to, say, to make any, or yours, I don't think, to, to make decisions. We have to decide for ourselves. But, there are, but what's going on over there is horrible. You know, internment camps, detention centers. Uh, I read about it a little more, the... 11 million Uyghurs, mostly Muslim, Turkish-speaking, in northwest China, 
over one million in prison since in the last four years, four or five years, over one million imprisoned, forced labor, forced sterilizations, and a whole re-education program. They have to pledge loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party, renouncing Islam or the religion, uh, praising communism, learning Mandarin, which I don't, you know, that's learning the language isn't the problem because we need to learn the language of whatever country we're in, but they're forced to abandon their own language and learn only the language. Torture, sleep deprivation, rape is going on, uh, all these things. Now, you say, well, is that just for, just of that popular? No, they, Christians are tortured. Christians are persecuted, but this is a huge group that is really being targeted by them, evidently, and is going on for several years now. And so it's a conflict, you know, do we boycott, or do we, but yet we want to cheer on our teams, you know, our team, for our, our athletes, no question. So it's, it's, it's a difficult thing, and everyone has to decide themselves what they, and, and do what's, what they feel convicted to do, really. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they made a statement in the opening, even the opening ceremony, there was this kind of a statement. Anyway, but I won't get into more politics. But it's, it's, it's frightening. It's a little frightening what's happening. So just by review... As we look at these, talk about running the race in Scripture, what is Paul talking about? Well, remember the Isthmian games of Greece were Paul's point of reference. These, uh, in his time, these were where he's quoting many scriptural references focusing primarily on the race, on race running. There were foot races, and that's what he's really focusing on. There was wrestling, boxing, throwing the discus and javelin. He does mention boxing also, of course, 1 Corinthians 9 and another place. But the long jump, chariot racing, poetry reading, and singing even, these took place every two years near Corinth, Greece, by way of review. Uh, Warren Worsby, a great, great preacher. Anyone know Warren Worsby? Ever read any of his book? Great, great writer. I recommend him uh, really for sound Bible teaching. Uh, <clears throat> but Paul, he, he mentions, you know, if Paul were alive today, he would definitely be uh, reading up on his teams and athletes because he makes so many references to these things. So he obviously was very interested in it. Well, Galatians 5, verses 7 and 8, remember Paul says you were running a great race, you were running well. Who blocked you? Who cut into you? Who impeded you, the Greek says, from following the truth? This detour, this persuasion, doesn't come from the one who calls you. So we are running a great race, all of us. And I just want to continue on that theme just for today. Let's do a second part. We are running a great race. And it's not a sprint. And it's not a, or a, a 5 or 10K. It is a marathon. It's long. It's hard. Marathon is, Michael, you knew it last week, is 26.2 miles. So 26 miles, that's a long run. Uh, it's an, in other words, our life, our following the Lord is an oven, it's not a microwave. My wife likes to use the microwave sometimes. She's an amazing chef. I'm not a cook. But I don't like the microwave. <laughs> I try not. I never, it's just something I don't trust it. But I, if I want to heat up something, I'll use the toaster oven. <laughs> but it, it's not a microwave. The, the, the light, it's, a, it's an oven. It's not, it's not instant oatmeal when you make oatmeal. I'll use instant oatmeal if I have to, if I'm in a rush. But I prefer steel oats, right? I want to take a little 15, 20 minutes, make steel oats if I can. If I can. 
This life that we're following, that we're walking with the Lord, requires patient endurance. The prize and the satisfaction are not immediate, but they're in the distance. Get the picture. The fruit uh, is after the tense combinations. The fruit comes after the tense combinations of the cold northern winds and the hot, dry southern winds, or the light of the, the light heavy the light rains and then the heavy downpours, uh, the hot solar rays of the sun, and then the cool nights. Then the bud the buds come, the flowers come, and finally the fruit. Get the picture? That's the reality in the, North, in the, in the Middle East of, of the way the crops grow, and, and it has everything to do with the holidays. It's not immediate. It takes time. But our race is also a relay race, too. It's a team pursuit. It's not merely an individual one. It's not just about me. It's not just myself running. I love that in the worship that how you, Andrew, you're just doing that transition that from that I, which it is, we, we, you know, we build ourselves up and myself up, but then it's also a we, it's an us, and it's both. It's a relay race, a team pursuit. Uh, I'm running with others. We're, our calling and assignment is multi-generational, right? It doesn't end with me. I hand it off, hand the baton off, get my baton ready, because I've got to hand it off. We're running a great race. But we can get subtly off our course, can't we? We can get detoured. We can get drawn away from the right path, away from Yeshua. You say, really? Yeah, we sure can. Temptation comes. We get enticed. James says, James 1.14, everyone, man is drawn away by his own lust and enticed and then it brings forth sin, remember? And sin, when it's finished, brings forth death, uh, death, ultimately. It happens. A stranger's voice we can hear, listen to. In John 10, verse 5, Yeshua said, don't listen to the stranger's voice. Listen to the shepherd's voice. But we, get, can, be, we can get bewitched. Galatians 3, verse 1 says, a spell, cast under a spell. Led astray from singleness and pure devotion to Messiah, by something else impersonating Yeshua. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 3 and 4, he says, watch out, guard yourself, that you don't get drawn away from single and singleness and purity. The Greek word is singleness and purity. If you're, you're a spouse to one husband, Yeshua, don't get divided. I think there's a, such counterfeits today, such counterfeits, you know. Anyway, whether it's infatuation with sexual immorality, or with head knowledge, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life in 1 John 2.16. And for the Galatians, it was a trap. Or for you or me, whatever it might be, it's a setup. You're targeted by the enemy. Do you know that? If you're following the Lord, yeah, you get targeted. It's a trap. It's a setup. It happens. You get knocked off course. Well, get back on course. Finish your race. Finish your race. I was stupid. I was foolish. I gave in to my desires. I listened to an attractive voice. I began following another message, a different vision, 
a different mission. I was unfaithful to my husband, or maybe I spirit my spiritual my husband the Lord, or maybe I just drew, grew distanced from him, and I let something else come in between us. I'm hopping back on the route to finish to the finish line. Hop back on. Get back on. Don't stop. Don't say it's over. Get back on and go toward the finish line. I'm certain to face many challenges on the course in this marathon. Injuries, running out of fuel, and dehydration can occur. Starting to fade. Weather conditions. But I can build mental toughness, just like the runner does. I can train my mind to be mentally resilient. Now, the Messianic Jews to which the author of Hebrews is writing, the book of Hebrews, they were getting tired. They were having a hard time. And they were tempted to give up. They really were. I mean, they were experiencing reproach. They were being cut, you know, shoved, you know, being left out. They were feeling they were being ostracized because of their faith in Yeshua. But they were being called... This was their calling to go outside the camp, bearing Messiah's, Yeshua's reproach. Hebrews 13, 13. Let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, his shame. Separation from the familiar. Everything was changing now under Yeshua. Separation from the familiar and separation to Messiah. Look at Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Oh, what this, look at this passage. It's so great. We have such a great cloud. Let's picture that. A great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, focusing on looking to Yeshua, the author and finisher, the initiator and perfecter, the pioneer and perfecter of our of faith. It all starts with him. The faith comes from him. So we've got to look to him because it's not going to come from us. It's not going to come from anything else. It comes from him. He's the source. So we've got to keep our eyes on him, not be like Peter, or if we get our eyes off of him. Remember when he started to walk on the water and what happened when he got his eyes off? Started to sink, right? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And he, he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Guess what? He ran and he won. He did it. And he's seated now. He's, a victor. he's in victory. He's the victor now. He won. He's seated at the right hand of God, the throne of God. Consider him. So consider him. He's our greatest example. The others are amazing in Hebrews 11. All the men and women, they're amazing. But the greatest of them all, Yeshua. He went through the worst and he made it. He's our greatest, he's our, our, our greatest one model. Consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. Don't give up. 
Don't give up. Witnesses. Let me break it down. Witnesses. These were surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. This is martero, marturio in the Greek. We get the English word what? Martyr from there. Yeah. These were not spectators. These are not, I should say not, were not, are not spectators sitting in the stands of the stadium looking down at the arena watching us. These are, you see, that's what we don't typically think of, isn't it? We say, oh, these are just, they're just watching. No, these are veteran athletes. These are winners. These are the ones who ran and made it. And in other words, they're not witnessing what we're doing, but they're witnessing to us that God can see us through. They're witnessing to us. They're saying, yeah, it's worth it. You can do it. Because the Lord is with you, and you're going to make it. You won't, don't give up. Come on, we're with you. We did it. You can do it. This is the picture here. Veteran athletes, I love it. Finishers. Finishers. Every weight, lay aside every weight. Well, these were the, probably the training weights. You know, you, you, uh, athletes use training weights, you know, to, to build up their, those muscles. Lay them aside. I was thinking, there may be junk in, in my backpack, you know. You have to carry something and there's junk. There's things you don't need. Unnecessary items you don't need. Paul said everything's permitted, but not everything's helpful. Not everything's profitable. He said it twice, 1 Corinthians 6, 23 and, or 6, 12 and, and 10, 23. All things. says, I'm not, not everything is edifying. Not everything builds up. He says, there's things that are, I can do, but it's, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I don't need to. Let's tr- get rid of what's not necessary. Get rid of the every weight, what's not necessary. And I thought, sometimes, how about we, but we have things, this weight of thinking, God has failed me. Because his promises didn't happen. I don't know about you. Does that ever, maybe you haven't ever encountered that. But thinking God has failed me because his promises, his promises didn't happen yet or didn't happen. Well, you say, is that in the Bible? Yeah, it's right here. Look at Hebrews eleven thirty nine. All these commended, though commended, for their faith, all these people he lists, and these are the people that conquered kingdoms and obtained promises. They obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of the fire. That's verse 34, 33, 34. Escaped the edge of the sword, made strong through, out of weakness, became mighty in war. But then there are others. They were tortured. In verse 35. Uh, And by the way, women received their dead raised back to life, verse 35, but then others. And I've said before, I have a, you know, a slash here in my Bible. I put that slash on verse 35, middle of 35, others tortured after not accepting release. They might obtain a better resurrection. Others, verse 36, experienced trial of mocking and scourging and chains and prison. They were stoned. They were sawn in half, sawn in half. They were murdered with the sword. Not saved by, from the sword, but murdered with the sword. Sheepskins, go, oh my goodness, afflicted. Mystery. The world was not worthy of them, the writer says. 
wandered around de- about in deserts and mountains and caves, holes of the ground. All these that were commended for their faith, verse 39, did not receive what was promised. They didn't receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us so that only with us would they reach perfection. These people depended upon God just as much as everyone else that got their prayers answered. And they didn't receive what was promised. They didn't get the prayer answered. At least not the way they expected it to be or wanted it to be answered, hoped it would be answered. But that's okay. God had provided something better. And God has provided something better. We don't see it here. We don't understand it here. But we will one day when we're face to face with him, when we're in the olam haba, when we're with him, we will. It's right here. He says, lay aside every weight and the entangling sin. That sin is probably unbelief in the context here. The sin of unbelief. It's the easiest one that we give into. Distrust, really, is what unbelief really is because belief is faith. Emunah. It's trust. Pistuo. It's, the, it's trusting God, depending upon him. We, we depend we take our dependence off of God and we depend upon our arm of flesh in Jeremiah 17, 5. The curse is the man that trusts in man, makes his arm the arm of We trust in something else and we start to distrust the Lord. We trust, we put our faith in something, in ourselves or something else. He says, that's the entangling sin. It could be pride for us. I, it could be worry. I was thinking, Yeshua talks about don't worry. How much? And he spends a lot of time talking about it. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. A lot of time. Whole section where he talks about worry. What good is it? What good does it do? It's an entangling. It, it's going to cause no profit. Worry. You can't change anything by worry. So why Spend all that energy on it. And how about judging in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5? Lay aside every weight and the entangling sin of worry or the entangling sin of judging. You say, it's, it's my business what everybody else does. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's, but it's my business. You see, God told me he has appointed me. <laughs> no, he hasn't. <laughs> Listen, you're wasting, it's not your business. Let and you're, you're, you're going to expend a lot of energy. You don't need that. It's God's business. Let God be the judge. He's the one. Let him be the judge. You t- worry about yourself. Worry about your own self. And let him worry about the other person. Now, there's a, a right place to... Anyway, but, but we're, Yeshua said, don't judge lest you be judged. You have the, what is it, the log in your own eye, and you're trying to get that splinter out of it. Let's just get that splinter out of your eye. Well, you have a log in your own eye, Yeshua said. It's very... Wow, judging, horrible. Focusing on Yeshua. In the Greek there is, when he says looking to, it's away from everything else to him. You have to look away from everything else. It means away from everything here and look to him. And he says, the faith, again, that comes from him. Consider him, all that he endured. So most runners are chronically stuck in the injury cycle. Did you know that? Most, ru- most runners in a race get stuck in the injury cycle. There's repetitive stress injuries. Um, 
Achilles, foot tendons, hip, shin, these kinds of injuries. And so the answer is to get stronger, to build up power, to stay healthy, strength training. And these things, these principles apply to us, don't they? We need to strength train. We need to be strong in the grace that's in Messiah Yeshua. In 2 Peter, Second uh, Timothy, rather, 2 verse 1. Build yourself up in the word of God. In second, uh, Acts 20, 32, Paul says, I commend you to God in the word of his grace. It's able to build you up and give you an inheritance. It's, it's the word of God strengthens us. We eat it and we become stronger <clears throat> and we build ourselves up. And again, Romans 15, 4, as we mentioned that verse earlier that we started with, that these things are going to give us endurance and encouragement and hope. Encourage, encouragement and, en, and endurance through the word of God. We're running a great race, all of us. We're running a great race. And as we look at Abraham and Moses and David and Paul and Elijah, all these people and Sarah and Rebecca and all these people, we learn from them. And what, We're running this great race. What if I start slowing down in the middle of the race? And you know this is what typically happens in a marathon. Anyone here run a marathon before? So... Gosh, we're very unhealthy. Just a few of us. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> so, and I don't plan to. <laughs> I'm happy with pickleball. That's all I want. But listen, did you know that here's what typically happens, just from reading. What, when you, you typically start slowing down in the middle of the race, your breathing becomes labored. The legs start to get tired. And what if I, that happens to me and your leg and you start to fade? You start to fade. What if that happens? in our spiritual race. Because guess what? It does, doesn't it? Same thing can happen. The average slowing point will occur just after halfway, usually between halfway and three-quarters of the race. It's called the mid-race slump. Well, anticipate the temptation to become weary in well-doing. Maybe I get tired of not being appreciated. Nobody's appreciating me. It starts happening. Something, you ever have that happen? So, you know, no one's appreciating me. I've been doing this for a while. And listen, realize it's going to happen. Or the feeling, you know, and look, what do I have to do? Go back to the word of God. Don't be offended. Don't get, get build myself up. Become, this is a chance for me to grow and become mature. And, and trust the Lord. This is a chance for me to grow more stronger. What about feeling, I look and I feel there's just so much more to go of the race. There's so much more. I look, oh my gosh, there's so much more. Well, realize it's a long, it's a long race. It's a long race. So plan for it. Paul says in Acts 20, 24, However, I don't consider my life of any value except that I might finish my course and the office I received from the Lord Yeshua to declare the good news of the grace of God. We're running a great race. He says in verse Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 26, run in such a way. Don't you know that in a stadium, the runners all race, all run rather, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Every competitor exercises self-control in all respects. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we do it to receive an imperishable one. So I run in this way, not aimlessly, not purposely. 
Now, one runner suggests a series of surges to shake the oppo- your opponent and keep them guessing so that you leave them behind. You have a series of 15 to 30 second surges. All of a sudden, you surge, and the opponent gets shaken up by that, and it leaves the opponent guessing so he doesn't know, she or he or she doesn't know when you're going to surge so that you leave them behind. And I thought, that's an interesting what, what can we, that's an interesting parallel because we don't want to be too predictable for the devil. To the devil. We want to be led by the Spirit of God, right? Yeshua said, remember, the wind blows where it wills, and you, where it wills, and you hear the sound, but you don't know where it comes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit, John th- chapter 3. Change up your prayer time, maybe. Change up, don't, do, don't be, you know, or your format. Alter your Bible study routine. Routine discipline is good. <laughs> Edward likes that. Routine discipline is good, but so is intentional deviation. We're running a great race. So sometimes you have to change things up, right? And do something that's at, different to trick the devil. Make yourself unpredictable. 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8, Paul says, For I'm ready, already being poured out like a drink offering. He says, I finish the course. I've, this he says at the end of his life, and there's a crown of righteousness ready for me, waiting for me, which the Lord is going to give me. This crown of righteousness is the winner's crown. It's the winner's crown. It's first place, first place, hearing the Lord say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Remember, he's going to say that. Matthew 25. And not to me only, but also to everyone. So it's like the Lord has, there can be, with the Lord, there can be multiple first place winners. Only with God. Like God can be everywhere present, right? He can be everywhere, loving everyone at the same time. And only God can do that, right? Well, there he can be, give multiple first place winner or trophies to everybody. Doug Hay, a marathon runner, advises, get uh, uh, as many friends and family at different places on the course as possible. There is simply no better feeling than having the support of loved ones after putting in so much time and effort training. Recruit people to cheer you on. Most people would tell you that running is a solo sport, but achieving an, an endurance fit race finish should be a celebration. Embrace the support from others and they will help carry you across the line. Wow, that's a great, again, a great lesson. We need one another, right? We need the body of Messiah. We need each other. We need each other. Uh, we cannot do it alone. And there are many verses that would teach us that, but I'm not going to take the time to share all those verses. But we are one body, but many members in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 16. We are one body Psalm 133. And then lastly, well, one couple more things. No matter what the weather forecast conditions are promised, expect and prepare for the worst. There's a story when Susan was whining about how tough it was and how badly she was going to do in the race. Her partner took her hands and said, you're not special you think you have it harder than everyone else out there? You don't. Each person on the course is dealing with the same wind, the same rain, the same cold, the same suffering. Take it like a champ. 
<laughs> she got up and finished the race and did, really, did well, really well. She So we, we will endure, the Bible says, if we endure with him, we will reign with him and will inherit the kingdom. First, uh, 2 Timothy 2.12. We'll share with him. So arm yourself for that suffering in 1 Peter 4, verse 1. We're running a great race. And uh, keep things, you know, if you start up too fast, you end up crashing. So the, Bible, so the, the principle in a marathon, pace yourself. Restraint will avoid burnout later. And that's a good principle. Keep things light. You know, sometimes we need to use humor to re- keep relaxed. Uh, I remember a pastor I loved, he used to say, he used to quote 1 Corinthians 7.32. I think it was out of context, but I still think the principle was good. It says, Paul says, I would that everyone was carefree, free of care, you know. And you have to, and you have to keep a good sense of humor. Otherwise, it'll, your life will take you down. Start out too fast, you'll end up crashing. But sometimes, uh, anyway, so you got it. Paul says, I'm running, the, I'm going to strain forward, I'll press on to the goal in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 15, and I'm going to make it to the end. So in closing, have you gotten off course? Have I? Have I hit the wall or gotten injured? Run out of fuel? Let's finish the race. Let's get on the course, let's push on to the finish line, not giving up, whatever we're facing. Let's note that Yeshua ran and he won. He's our model. He's our greatest example. Let's finish the race with him. Father, we thank you so much for the race that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, that you, we are going to make it through. We are going to make it across the finish line not only individually, but together, Lord, because we have one another. We have you, we have one another. We have your promises, which are exceedingly great and precious in Messiah, which will never, never fail. We have your word of God. We have your word. We thank you and praise you in Yeshua's name. And if you've never trusted Yeshua, The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God wants you in his, your name in his book of life. He wants you to have eternal life. He wants you to have your sins washed away. Call on the name of Yeshua who suffered and died for your sins so you could have eternal life. Just call on him today and let us know if you're praying that prayer to receive Yeshua. Someone will be here if you're here today to pray with you afterwards if you're watching online, please write us and let us know and we'll correspond with you in any way we'll, to help you. Praise you, Lord. We thank you. Hashem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Shalom. Bisham Yeshua Hamashiach Sar HaShalom The Lord bless you and keep you The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace In the name of Yeshua our Messiah 
the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.